The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm abandoning my running game! And welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I am your host, Ralph Malbro. It is a better end of the week. We're getting over the Redskin win, but I'm joined always by Kevin Hell from Team Drops the Ball and Dave Cariello from uh, Canal Street Chronicle, our fearless leader. Uh, gentlemen, how does it go tonight? Dave, uh, I'll start with you. You didn't uh, join us for the post-game show because you were drunk and so distraught over the Redskins. Is that correct? That's about right. And then I was listening to your podcast, your post-game podcast with Andrew, and you know, I heard that you guys had met. Uh, I don't know whether it was before the game or after the game, but so I want to know. I have, I have. We've done a million and one podcasts yeah, together, and I have never. I've met Kevin. I, I have never fucking met you. So what the fuck is you? You 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 meet up with Andrew and. And get wasted with him, and you don't fucking hang out with me. What's that about? I do, I do. It's I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible person. I sh- I should have I should have looped you in because me and me and Andrew had a a lovely uh, a lovely get together and hug in Champion Square, and you should have been a part of that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> for- it was it was lo- it was lovely. He looks frighteningly like Colin Hanks, and with my marine style haircut that I currently have. I look frighteningly like Tom Hanks, so it was like Hank Hank a Palooza at Champion Square. I get I get Matthew McConaughey a lot. A lot of people come here look a lot like Matthew McConaughey. You go around like, bro, dude, I need to take my shirt off. That's a joke, of course. I look nothing like Matthew McConaughey. Um, and he was actually. I was gonna, I, actually, I was going to make the joke that maybe you look like Chaz Hanks. Who knows? <laughs> like Chaz Hanks. Chaz Hanks. And I look like uh, yeah, I look like Colin, I look like some some Hank's brother that uh, that they never let out of the basement. Yeah, um, Dave, uh, I was not good at acting. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading. I forget. You know, I read all these Saints bloggers, and they're all they all sort of have a hierarchy. Like you're you're obviously the king, and then you have like Wang, who's on his own doing his own thing, and then you have these other ones. And I read them all, but I I get them all blurred together. And if I'm Fucking it up, whoever wrote it, I apologize. It was Hootad Social Club or Saints fan or Angry Hootad, I forget. But one of them wrote that, like, don't panic. We've been seeing this shit for six years, and I wrote a little bit about my my game recap column that, you know, this is how Sean Payton, this is how it happens. The Saints get behind, they panic, they forget to run the ball, their offensive line gets their ass kicked, and they lose. And they do it, like, twice a year. Um, and, And it just so happened to coincide with opening week. Which right. they're gonna get out of their, you know, that's cool. But you know, they can get it out of their system now, and uh, and then on the table for the next fifteen. Yeah, but was there anything that, as the week has gone on, and you kind of get over, you get past the overreaction Monday and Tuesday? Is there anything that you're still like, fuck, that is a bad thing. That is really worrying me. No, I mean the only thing that really worries me is just just the health of cornerback. Um, you know, I mean, the good news is I've been listening. I, I've been, 
I drove to Baton Rouge today and on my way driving back right now, so I've had a lot of time. I always listen to WWL, so I'm always listening to Bobby and Deke and Christian Garrick and all that. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Jabari Griff has practiced in full today and I think maybe yesterday, so I'm, I'm thinking he's going to play this week. Um, unfortunately, Johnny Patrick probably will not play, but, I mean, you know, my big thing is, is, is just the health of the secondary. Um, you know, the offense, I'm not really worried about. Jeffrey Henderson, you know, it sucks to not have him back. But, uh, I mean, I think the offense can just keep rolling on. Um, but uh, I'm I'm definitely, I think like most Saints fans, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic now that it's Thursday. You know, Monday I was, you know, I, I think it just kind of gradually goes along. Monday you want to kill everybody. <laughs> Tuesday you just want to kill some people. You know, Wednesday, you're, you're starting to rationalize it and come, coming out with positives. And, you know, by Thursday and Friday, you're, you're saying, okay, you know, you know, this happened, but, uh, you know, they'll get better, they'll get better. And um, you know, I really think they will. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that, and I wrote about it in my preview column, go to WDL, I'll read it. And, Kevin, maybe you can give me a better read because I, I checked out the little, I recorded the, little, the, the replay of it, and I watched as much as I could stomach. Um and maybe you can give us a better read because you were watching the game on the TVs. Um, it seemed to me like the Saints. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there was there were they were a little bit listless, and they didn't have that edge or or anger or aggressiveness that Sean Payton usually have. It seemed like they were a little disoriented on the sideline. Is there a concern in your mind about Aaron Cromer and this whole interim interim thing? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about him maybe being a little bit too relaxed, but, you know, I mean, the organization, the organization as a whole got behind him, and honestly, honestly, I, I, I feel like, I feel like Sean Payton had to know. Like, had to know they were gonna go and, uh, and, and, and get him after his, uh, his dalliance with uh, with Parcells didn't work, but they had to know. Joe, I mean, he had to know Joe Vitt was going to be the guy, and then after Joe's uh, suspension, had to know that maybe they were going to go Cromer. I, I I don't know. I I, I want to believe that everybody involved liked Cromer and wanted him to be the guy for the first six games, but. You know, maybe maybe this will prove that yeah, Cromer needs to. Cromer's just an O-line guy, and that's all he's ever going to be, or he's only ever going to be a position guy. And maybe this will prove that. I, I don't know. Well, it's, the thing it's that worrisome. Wor- the thing that worried me is is I just felt like Dave. They should have, since they knew Vit was going to be suspended for six weeks, they should have at least one of the preseason games that mattered and, and wasn't the last one. They should have said, you know what? This week, Aaron Cromer is going to be the head coach, and Joe Vitt's going to be sitting at home because he's got to learn how to. I just, I got this sense that Aaron Cromer was a little bit like he was really kind of fe- feeling his way. Now, maybe that could be because the Saints at points were getting their ass kicked, and that's what I wanted to see. Um, but I, I, I felt that through the TV. But I could have just been projecting. What do you? What's your? I, mean, I don't, I don't think that would have been a bad idea at all. Is, is to give Cromer, you know. Just, just so they could work out any, any kinks that might come in the in the communication department, yeah. and you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. 
you know, being at the game and sitting where I sit, um, I usually don't, I actually, whoever the head coach is, I actually usually don't get to get a good view of him unless he's over on the right side of the sideline and, and coming in to talk to the offensive line. Um, so I didn't actually see Cromer's demeanor and disposition throughout the game until I watched it at home. Uh, and it, it was a little worrisome. Um, I mean, he kind of makes, makes uh, who, who's the Indianapolis Colts head coach? What's his name? Caldwell. Uh, yeah, he makes oh call call like Gary, Gary 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 the organization, and, and, and I trust that this was the right decision, and Cromer was the, the best man for the job, but I mean, there's just really no no spark there, no fire, no energy, and uh, and I don't know what, what's the cause of that. I don't know whether that's just that's just Cromer and that's just the way he is, um, but at this point, uh, he makes Joe Vitt look real good. Um, I, I'm very much anxiously looking forward to Joe Vitt's return back now. Um and I also think that the team probably, uh, you know, fears and, and, and respects maybe Bid a little bit more, um, probably knowing that Bid is basically Peyton's right-hand man. I mean, in a way, it's, yeah. you know, it's like they're married. You know, it's, it's like dad's not home, but mom's around, and, and mom can give you a whooping just as good as dad if she wants, you know. Cromer's like Uncle, but, Uncle, Dan, Uncle right, Dave. Right, right. Cromer's right. like Uncle Dave, who's like, you know, you know, smoking pot in the garage and, and you, you break a, you know, a glass, uh, you know, a glass chandelier or something like that and he doesn't even hear it or give a shit. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I just don't know. I, you know, I think it's a valid, a valid concern about whether, I think after this Washington Redskins game, I think the first question that Saints fans would have had to have is, uh, or the first reaction would have been is, oh shit, um, did we completely underestimate uh, how bad the you know the absence of Sean Payton and how how large of an effect this might have on the team? And I'll be honest with you, I mean I may be I may be the first in line to get blamed there. Um, I mean I think I'm on record on this podcast at the very least, if not in writing, yeah. as saying you know nah, no big deal. You know they're just going to continue on. Um, and I think the problem is I think I me personally and I think probably a lot of other people I think we were kind of just looking at it from from the offense standpoint, from, you know, from, okay, Sean Payne's not there, but Carmichael's there and he's calling plays and, you know, whatever, I, you know, and Drew Brees runs the offense. You know, the offense should be just fine, but I don't think any of us are really thinking about, like, okay, well, what happens if somebody doesn't do something? Who's going to be there to go over there and light a fire under that guy's ass and say, you better get your ass in gear or it's your fucking job. Exactly. Uh, and I think that I think that, that might have been the, the aspect that maybe we, we've all overlooked and like I said, me, me, me included, me first. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll have to see after this game. But I mean, I'm not I'm not really that crazy about Cromer as a running back coach, offensive line coach, whatever. Uh, I'm sure he's you know he's great. Running backs have been great. Offensive line has been great. But as as a head coach, as a guy that's going to take this team by the you know by by the collar and say it's your ass. And if you don't think that I'm not calling Peyton 
on a secret cell phone on Monday and telling him that you're, you know, you're not running off the field, you know, you're sagging your head on, on the on the bench when you're coming off the field. Uh, if you don't think I'm going to tell him that in secrecy on the private cell phone that we have hooked up, uh, <laughs> then you're a fucking moron. And uh, don't be surprised if the Turk comes uh, waiting for you when you walk into the training, uh, into the training facility on Tuesday and says, uh, guess what, buddy, you're going to uh, – we're putting on waivers. Well, he compared Kevin. He compared. Uh, he called Aaron, Dave. Just called Aaron Cromer the white Jim Caldwell. Which uh, after <laughs> that he, might be that, that might, might be, be a little bit. That's a little much. I, I I don't I don't know if there I don't honest I honestly do not know if there's been a white Jim Caldwell yet. I mean Jim Caldwell. I mean look, look give it to look, me. We've all been, We've all seen Andy Reid with the deer in the headlights look. We've all seen Gary Kubiak with the no, with the with the Kathleen Babineau Blanco. Oh uh, you know, you know, Plaquemine Parish has been laid to waste. What do I do? What do I do? Look on her face. Uh, oh, on his face. Uh, and Cromer, Cromer sort of has a Kubiak-esque. Laissez-faire. I'm not really trying to tip my pitches, but I'm. You can. You know that I'm pissed, but I'm not really showing you that I'm pissed. Sort of look. And there wasn't. Like, Coldwell. Coldwell looks like somebody took the brain out of his head <laughs> and put like straw and and some you know old dish rag. I, I, I really got to say, Kevin, I, that that was really the impression I got from from. Uh, from Cromer when I watched the replay on the game. It, it really, it, he really did have that look. Now, let me ask you a question, Kevin. Did you watch the game? <laughs> I, I, sure, I surely did watch the game. Granted, uh, the game it was with the game was without sound because at the bar you, you, don't had, need, you, don't, you don't need sound to to tell how Cromer looks. I, I just wanted to make sure that you're actually, you actually saw Cromer with your own eyes. I, I actually I did see Cromer with my own eyes. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'll I'll say this. He he looks like, and and this is apropos because I'm actually sort of, uh, I've I've had this thing paused for the last twenty minutes. But Cromer, Aaron Cromer, looks like one of the Nords from Skyrim if he decided to shave his beard and just run a bar all day. That's well, what Aaron Cromer looked like. Well, to be fair to Aaron Cromer, he didn't have any horrific. Clock management issues like Andy Reid or or challenge issues like Lovey Smith. I'm glad you bring that up. I will say this, and I did the research on this. Um, the 12th man penalty. You know, the last time the Saints got a 12 man on the field penalty was 2007. So it's happened maybe 2008, but I mean, it's happened to the Saints and it's happened under Peyton's uh, leadership, but it has not happened in three or four years. Uh, because I remember thinking to myself, like, that's why I'm on the field penalty. I just got the feeling like that's just something that would have never happened with Peyton. Uh, and that, that kind of got me a little worried. It's like, okay, are we that disorganized that we're going to start taking these stupid penalties, uh, these disorgan disorganizational penalties? Um, so, I mean, there weren't any clock management issues. Uh, you're right about that, Ralph, but there was the 12 man on the field. Well, they, they, and they, they, that's something that the Saints haven't done in four years. Well, it, the, the key is it a coincidence that they do it on the first game that they have an interim, interim head coach. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's the question, Dave, though. Did 
Patrick Robinson, did he get his ass lit up after? <laughs> That's the key because yeah, I, I don't know. Right, exactly. It could be. I, I don't know. I don't he know. Did. You don't. Yeah, I mean, the two Sean Payton would have lit his ass up. And, and if Sean Payton's not going to light his ass up, then it would have been Joe Vick. And unfortunately, both those guys aren't there. So I don't know who, you know, the only other fiery coach I can think of off the top of my head that the Saints have is Bill Johnson. He's the only other kind of guy that will kind of, you know, yeah. yell his ass off at you. Um, and, and I don't know why Bill Johnson would be, would, would, I don't know why that would be under his job description when, when Patrick Robinson was the guy that was played up the field. So, so I, you know, I don't know. Greg McMahon, he can yell too, actually. So. No, I mean, probably would have been the one Well, to be fair, look, I'm watching the Bears and the Packers here on the NFL we're, Network. We're playing. What's the score? And it's three nothing Green Bay, and the Green Bay defense that got worked over by the by Alex Smith is just crushing Jay Cutler and sacking him left and right. So that leads me well, into my next. Good. That leads me into my next point about uh, the Saints have been really, really good, Kevin, under the Sean Pay- under Sean Payton, and now it's sort of you know we get to see. The, can they bounce back? You know, last year they got their ass handed to them by the Rams in your neck of the woods. They come back the next week, they they beat Tampa comfortably. So how important – obviously, they want to, they don't want to go 0-2. They don't want to lose a division game. But how critical is it for their psyche and for our psyche to see them bounce back and go, okay, everything's fine. They They had a shitty performance, but they bounced back. And – do you think we'll see it? Well, uh, I, I, I think I mentioned this after the uh, in the post game, and and I'll mention it again is that the you know there was an Adam Schefter stat that uh, teams that lose or te- since since the NFL playoffs went to its current format, teams that have made the playoffs sixty but like. More than two thirds of the teams that have made the postseason won their first game. So that leaves like 33% or so for teams that went 0 and 1. And yeah, the Saints did go 0 and 1 to start last season against the Packers and they made the playoffs and, and that was fine. But the 0 and 2 number. Oh, brutal. Like, no, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely brutal number. I, I, I want to say, I want to say it's somewhere like in the single digits. The Saints have like, done it once, way back in the day under Jim Mora in 1990. But 0 and 2, 0 and 2 is a death sentence practically, but 2 and 0 is glorious. How the fuck can 0 and right. 2 be a death sentence? Look at those two losses. It just it it, it just kind of is. It's not it's not quite a death sentence, but it's like getting stabbed in the gut in the alley. You could live, <laughs> but. Odds are kind of against you. Um, I'm, not, I'm not worried. I wouldn't even really be that worried if they lost to Carolina. <laughs> wow, Dave, you're you're. Wow, we are, we, wow, he's wow. That's, he's going out there on this one. That that's a that's a statement. That is. That's a statement because let me tell you something. If they go zero and two, and 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 fucking uh, Cam Newton. Like runs roughshod and and does against the Saints what he couldn't do against Tampa, and makes the Saints look bad on defense and and for some reason the offense can't fucking do it again. Well, actually, shit, the offense was able to do it. They just couldn't do enough of it. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna be sitting here going, this this fucking team is is 
is is could be lucky to go eight and eight. Well, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that that brings me that brings me to my next point, and Kevin, um, the defense. They got yeah. They got fucking just lit up. However, you want to say. Um, but some good signs for him, I will say. Jabari Jabari Greer is very very underrated, even by Saints fans, because because he's part of the no catch motherfuckers. He doesn't have a lot of interceptions, so he's not viewed as elite corner. But in 2009, he was the number two rated corner behind Daryl Revis, according to Football Outsiders. And last year, by Pro Football Focus, he was top five. So when he's healthy, he's a damn good corner, and he can make a big difference. But, Kevin, also, the one shining spot, I thought, was they held up the Saints good against the run, considering Washington ran it 44 times. And Cam Jordan had nine stops against the run. Uh, where n- no other defensive lineman in the NFL had as many as four. So my question to you is, is it time for the Saints to say, look, we got Curtis Lofton, we got Buckley at, uh, to stop the run, we got Cam Jordan. It's time that we have to play Martez Wilson and we have to play Gallette, even on early downs, because, God damn it, we have got to get a pass rush, and even if they might suck against the run, we've got to hope the rest of the defense can hold up. We've got to play these guys. We've got to get a pass rush. Are we at that point yet? Uh, I, I think against the mobile quarterback, we've got, we got to take a shot, because actually, you know, you, you say this nice thing about Cam Jordan, and I, I notice, and I actually read something that just says, you know, Robert Griffin III keeps rolling out like they were doing those those screen yeah. passes to start out, and then they start rolling him out. Cam Jordan gets knocked around or pushed around, and then, boom, Robert Griffin III makes a move, and then he's able to run for the yards. I mean, it's it, it was just kind of like if the ends if the ends get knocked over or or, or stalled. Uh, they need to have Wilson at linebacker to uh, to, to spring forward because shit, if, if you know RG three was smaller, maybe and maybe more fleet of foot. I don't know. I'm just guessing that he might be faster than Cam Newton, but Cam Newton is is huge. Cam Newton is you know like like. That guy could probably be the heavyweight champion of the world if he was a fucking boxer. He, he's, he's that big. He's, he's just, he's a tank. And if he starts running, God help, uh, you know, watching one of them little fucking safeties try and tackle him. Uh, you know, we, we, we complain about this team having trouble tackling guys. What, let's, let's watch a, uh, let's watch a guy who's, you know, sub 180 try and tackle a guy that's a good 230 or 240 running full speed, and we'll see how that works out. Well, Dave, if you like watching Brad Pitt getting taken up on in two fucking taxis and meet Joe Black, that's what it'd look like. Go ahead, right. Dave. Now, I, I mean, we, we hear we hear the rhetoric all the time about how, you know, this, and I, I think all teams will say this, but we've heard it specifically from the Saints. Uh, you know, we're going to play the best four guys on the defensive line. You know, we don't care about, you know, this or that. We're going to play the best guys. I don't I don't feel like that's what they're doing on the defensive line. That's not the impression that I get. I mean, I watch these preseason games, and I hear all these things, and 
I feel like Martez Wilson and Akeem Hicks and Junior Gillette, these are the guys that are speedy and that are getting things done and making things happen out there. And yet, yet Turk McBride and Will Smith are, are the guys that are out there. And, I mean, I think this is how you started this whole conversation, Ralph, but, I mean, I think i got to agree. I mean, I, I don't feel like they are playing the best guys, and I think it's about I think it I think it is time to start mixing it up. And you know, it's like I grew up playing hockey, and you know, when when we were playing hockey, you know, you have lines. You know, you have a center and a left winger and a right winger, and those guys always stick together and they always play together. And if a team's not doing well, to try to like they they, they mix it up. They'll, they'll put this center with you know a couple of these other guys. You know, to try to break up the monotony and 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 re-energize and put a little life into it. And I really do, Ralph. I mean, I think that's what they need to do. I yeah. think they need to start putting Gillette in situations where maybe he normally wouldn't be playing. Or Akeem Hicks. I think, first of all, they need to dress Akeem Hicks. Uh, or, or Martez Wilson. Like, whatever we've been, whatever they've been doing, it's not working. I don't see what you really stand to lose from moving a couple of pieces of the puzzle around, trying different combinations. I don't give a shit if you move somebody from left to right. Maybe that'll fucking work. I don't know. And I don't know what they're trying in practice, but I'll tell you this. It's not, the job is not getting done. And with the front four, the front seven, it's not getting done. It, 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 it looks the exact same this year so far on the stack as it did three years under Williams. And yeah. I don't know what the solution is. They, they, they bring in different players. They've got they draft players. The team picks this, that, blah, blah, blah. Um, Cedric Ellis, you know, he's in the mix there. He's just mediocre. I mean, at what point... At what point do you mix it up? And that's the question you ask, Ralph. I say, well, right fucking now. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're waiting for. I, I keep seeing positive things from Akeem Hicks, Marquez Wilson, Junior Gillette, and yet they're only out there third down, limited time stuff. Put them out there on first down. Put them out there on second down. Give these guys a chance. They certainly deserve it. They made the team. What do you have to lose? I Will Smith. I, I mean, I hate to talk bad about Will Smith. I, I usually don't talk bad about Will Smith. I know he's a veteran guy. I know he's out there doing veteran things. Um, and I know he's out there. If he's, if he's not doing amazing things, he's at the very least not making mistakes. And I get the impression that that's really more why he's out there and why some of these guys are out there. Not so much that they're, that they're doing good things, but just maybe they're not doing really bad things. And I think it's about the time where we shake things up and we put guys out there and maybe they'll make a mistake, maybe they'll take a risk. Um, but you know what? Then maybe you're going to get that 15-yard sack because this guy's got the high motor. Well, well, it's time and, to start putting the high motor guys out there. Well, this is not a high motor guy. He's not a high motor guy. Well, I, 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 you, I don't know the guy for three. I'm going to go on over here. And I think Will Smith dogs it. I think Will Smith dogs it. I think he's collecting a paycheck. Dave is fired the fuck up tonight. That's great. That's great. How many years do we have to watch this? Well, Dave, the the one guy that I I see that well, two guys that I see, and I I want to I want to answer on them, and you can't get an answer about if they're any good unless you play them. Is I know, but Junior you, Gillette? You know, I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the thing. Is like and, I don't know what Akeem Hicks has. I don't know what Junior Gillette has. I don't know what fucking Marquez Wilson has because you only give them limited play time. I know what Wilson has. It's jack shit. So well, give me something. Give me well, something to fucking work with here. I, and think, I know Robert Griffin. I know Robert Griffin. He's the next fucking Messiah. John Madden thinks he's the next fucking Brett Favre. You know, I get that. That's fine. He played a great game. All props to him. 
want Knicks to play or Hicks to play, Dave, because I feel <laughs> I feel like his talent. Yeah, he's going to get. He'll make a lot of screw ups, but his upside is so good. For every bad play that he makes, I think he'll make one or two good ones that could possibly be game changers. Exactly, and they're already screwing up anyway. And yeah. I mean, Will Smith. Every now and then, Will Smith has a good game. Every now and then, Will Smith puts, puts down like a two sack performance, and that's great. But those, 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 but those happen few and far between. Yeah, Will Smith. He was great in 2000. His peak was in 2000. He peaked in 2009. I think he had 11 and a half sacks with the Saints, and it's been a slow decline since. And now he's just an average defensive end in the NFL that's kind of old. He's just an average guy. Kevin, <laughs> I like Dave. He's fired up, and now he's singing for us, which is great. Um, the Saints, they saw Greg Camarillo again re Signed him. He's back on the roster. Devery Henderson well, is well, Peter. He is. Devery Henderson is injured. Kevin. He's got a concussion. You know the NFL takes those serious. Who knows when he's going to be back? Colson. Oh, yeah. Colson's a little nicked up. How? And I I I I heard today on a podcast that when they break it down film, Washington went man to man against the Saints and won more battles than they lost. Should we be worried about the wide receiver position? Because add, and add in the loss of Meacham. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean it's. It was, what, what was it? Was it? Uh, I think it might have been the the, the 2010 season where where at the very end it was like we were putting in Linnell Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we we, we were dry, we were getting oh shit who was it? we got Joyke off the damn scrap heap. Joyke Bell. It, uh, it, no, no, no. I think we actually signed, like, didn't we sign well, a guy? Julius Jones. Julius Jones. That's it. Uh, we had somebody yeah, else. We, we, had, uh, we, were getting, we were getting everybody and their fucking mother to come and try and play. That was and, a barbaric temper. Right, and, and it already looked like we, you know, it looked like we had depth at the position going in, and then suddenly got a couple of guys drop. Next thing you know, oh shit, things get tense. Mm-hmm. Same thing here at at wide receiver. You let you let Robert Meacham go, and and, and you know he, he probably had to go. He's asking too much money, you know, whatever. We still do. I saw him Monday night, Kevin. He's still doing Robert Meacham type things. He caught three for forty-five. I mean, if that's not the quintessential Robert Robert Meacham game where you catch one forty-yard bomb and two passes for six yards, I mean, if that's not the, <laughs> the if that's not the classic Robert Meacham game, I don't know what it is. And I'm not paying seven million for that. Right. So, so you let Robert Meacham go. Excuse me, Marcus Colson. It didn't seem like he got. Involved in the game until the second quarter. He didn't look right. I think he underplayed his foot injury. He didn't look right to me. Right, and then so the only guy that was the only guy that seemed to be making consistent moves in the wide receiver position was Lance Moore, and you can only throw jump passes to Jimmy Graham so damn often. Uh, you know, Joe Morgan, they fucking wave, oh, they fucking put him on IR. His his injury ended up being more serious than necessary. And Adrian Arrington, uh, or Adrian know, of Arrington, Adrian. yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Adrian of Arrington. Who, who knows what we're getting with him now? So yeah, bring Camarillo on board because 
there's a known commodity who's actually played, you know, actual NFL games and caught regular season touchdowns and done something. Yeah. He's done something. I mean, Joe Morgan just can't be trusted. I mean, I, I, I mean he's just he, – he's way more experienced, and he's, he's just – he's not – he's a, you know, preseason training camp star, but he's not at that level when it comes to the regular season. I mean, I was pretty disappointed with what I saw. No, he, he looked completely – even I was in the terrace, and he looked completely over the – mo- the moment looked too big for him. Um, yeah. And if they have to count on him, just – Lord help them. Uh, Packers just faked the field goal and scored a touchdown, by the way. Uh, this is a big game for, for, for two lane players here. we got Matt Forte versus Desmond Moses. Yeah, by the not, way. Not very, they, not very often do you have two, two, two lane football players in the same game. Yeah. By the way, Dave, tell the people how to make a donation to the Walker. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, thanks. Sure. Um, yeah, we're we're raising, you know, obviously uh, Devon uh, Devon Walker was seriously seriously injured um, with two seconds in the first half uh, in the two lane game, which is like just absolutely crazy. And um, he's got a serious spinal injury, and um, I don't know, may never walk again. And um, so, so at my store, Campus Connection, we've, we've, we're making sure they're coming in probably Monday or Tuesday. Um, and for $17, I'm donating all of the net proceeds to the Desmond Walker Fund. Um, his family knows we're doing this. His sister came into my store the other day, like, to personally thank me. Um, I think we've probably sold about, I think it'll wind up being about $10 or $11 per shirt and, um, that we'll donate. Um, I mean, the two-lane baseball team came in today and bought 30, one for every guy on the team. I think we've sold about 140, 150 so far in just two or three days, which is about $1,500 that we're going to donate. I mean, I would love to sell a thousand shirts and, and donate maybe 10 grand, but um, yeah. that might be, that might be a bit lofty. But um, but if you go to campusconnection.cc and go to the two-lane section, um, you'll see uh, the pay for Devon shirts. We're selling those and. Um, this is not for me. I'm not making a dime off of this, but don't think that I'm trying to, like, you know, push my business here. Uh, I am not getting any of this. Uh, this is all going to Desmond, the Desmond Mose, not to this, the Desmond, yeah. the Bond Walker Fund. And um, uh, he really needs it because, I mean, this kid's looking at, like, a million dollars a year in medical expenses. Yeah, and I'll have to send my brother, who works at Tulane, I'm going to have to send him by. He's <laughs> near you. your store. I'm going to have to send him by to uh, pick me up a couple. But if he comes in, let him put. You know, probably get me and let me know that you're his brother, so I can yeah. beat the shit out of him. Exactly. <laughs> he'll be he'll be the guy with the uh, with the John the John Lennon glasses and the Ricky Williams thirty four cap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kevin, I'm going to start with you as as we look at this Carolina team, and when I think of Carolina, I think of Steve Smith just. Seeming to eviscerate the Saints, and he may not uh, play. He may not play this week. That's he may not. Oh, oh, Jesus! That's yeah. it. That, that, if that ain't a fucking sign from God, if that right there is not a sign from God, to that, that, that this is our opportunity. Yeah. If we let now, look, I, I I fucking got it crammed in my mouth last year, and yeah, you can take you can read that however you want. I got it crammed in my mouth last year by Sam Newton. 
I was dead I, fucking I, wrong on Cam Newton. I was surprised wrong. Cam Newton. Any, any room in there. Yeah, I know. I know. If Cam, I mean, both feet are in there, too. If Cam Newton beats the Saints single-handedly without Steve Smith on the field, yeah. it, it, you know, you can say 0-2 doesn't mean anything. Uh, that 0-2, it, it, that's, it, that, that's a fucking chasm. That is the, that is the chasm from Supergirl, okay? And we ain't getting out of it. Well, so, uh, that said, give me your prediction on the game, and when we're talking in the post game at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, uh, who's gonna be the MVP of the game, and what's gonna be the final score? Okay, and the play in Carolina, uh, I'm, I'm presuming we don't have any sort of advanced forecast. You need a forecast? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm not picking Drew. Yeah, I, I'm, that's, that's too fucking easy. Um, so if, uh, if Steve Smith plays, I'll go, I'll go, uh, 24 to 20 Saints. 79 degrees with a chance of showers, Kevin, on Sunday. High of 79, 24-20, 24-20 Saints if Steve Smith is playing. If Steve Smith is not playing, I am knocking that down and going uh, 27 to 14 Saints. So the most the most points the Saints offense is going to score is 27. I don't think so. All right. If, especially if it's raining, dude. Little chance uh, of if it's raining and, and there's a sloppy track, I mean, you know, again, get, week one, some of Drew's throws were not uh, weren't that accurate. So, Dave, what's your prediction on the score? Uh, and, my score prediction is definitely 38 points for the Saints, and I'll go with uh, defense is still going to have some issues. I'll say 38-27, uh, Saints win. And um, my non-Drew Brees MVP, I'm going to give it to um, I'm going to give it to Marky Mark Ingram. Marky Mark Ingram with a hundred yeah. yards. I predicted Mark Ingram one touchdown. I predicted yeah, Mark Ingram. I had I predicted Mark Ingram's breakout game what like ten times last year, Kevin? I think. <laughs> Even after he heard his foot was on IR, I was still holding out hope. Boy, the the wheels came off of that bandwagon. It did. It did. I was was all for Ingramania. I I predicted the Saints would lose in my column. I am down on this defense like a son of a bitch. I predicted Carolina 38-35. But if Steve Smith's not playing, uh, then I will say the Saints would eke it out. But right now I'm going to say Steve Smith, he's going to play. And – I'm worried about this defense, and I won't pick an MVP, but I'm going to pick a GOAT. Uh, people are going to start turning their wrath on Malcolm Jenkins. They've done it. Oh, yeah. They've done it on Roman Harper a little bit. The last, but, but Malcolm Jenkins is going to start getting some wrath if the Saints don't uh, get to one and one. Um, but that's my that's my predict, prediction. Uh, Kevin, before we – What's that? Yeah, and catch a fucking ball, Jenkins. Exactly. That might be too much to to ask. Uh, But, Kevin, before we go, I I know uh, everybody's favorite Britain uh, person is with you tonight. 
uh, Sir Kevin is with you. Uh, <laughs> he is? He, he is. Do you, does he have anything? I'd like to talk to him about the replacement refs and his feeling on how they did after week one. Wait a minute. I, well, shit. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know he was here. This, 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 asshole, this asshole apparently been sitting in my, in my basement. Go get him out of the loo, and, and I want to talk to him about the replacement refs. You can't put Sir Kevin on the spot like that. He's British. He I know. That quickly. I should have I I emailed Kevin. I, I apologize. Yeah, well, yeah, because then I could have called him and asked him to, uh, to, to come over and bring some pints. Yeah. Hang on a second. Where, where the hell? Gotta go. Gotta go find him. <laughs> I wonder how long it's gonna take for him to get him. Probably a while. You know, British people when they take a dump, they they're totally naked. <laughs> you think he's like writing stuff down right now? For, no, he's probably like. Probably like putting on his pants or like heating up tea and crumpets or fish and chips or some of other bullshit Britain people do. Like, like, uh. Hello, what's all this now? Hello. Hello, what's all this? Kevin, thanks for joining us. Uh, I wanted your take on the replacement referees, uh, for week one in the NFL and how it compares to like fans when they get upset about soccer. Uh, referees or whatever officials. Well, we don't have any of the ultras uh, here in the uh, the uh, National Football League, as it were. But I, I tell you, these these replacement refs is it's downright skullduggery. the poor bloke was stalling there, handing me the phone, and he was informing me of this twelfth man penalty that Dave brought up earlier. And what David failed to, what he neglected to also add is that the replacement refs blew the penalty in awarding the first down to, uh, the, uh, uh, Redskins of Washington. They gave them the first down, but the penalty shouldn't have produced the first down due to the, the yardage totals and so forth. The replacement refs have choked quite a, quite a great amount thus far. And when the current MVP of the league is saying that the referees need to learn the rules uh, of said contest, uh, it throws into question the validity uh, of the sport that we all care for. Well, Sir Kevin, uh, what would soccer hooligans uh, over on your uh, side of the pond, what would they do to referees that didn't know the rules and such? They get pretty, pretty crazy over there, right? They'd string them up from a tree or something, right? Uh, they they have been known to hurl uh, objects uh, at at referees of sorts, uh, flares to say the least. Uh, they, they they get a little out of hand when they start shouting epithets at things. We don't be, we, we we don't need that here. Yeah, uh, I thought British people were supposed to be polite, but they're not really that polite. They're not. Cause, well, Kevin, thanks. Sir Kevin, thanks for joining us. But I have one question before you before you, before I let you leave. Uh, are you Kate? Yes, are you Kate? Or are you Pippa? Which one would you rather bang? I do say that while I do find uh, her, the her Royal Duchess uh, of uh, Cambridge to be uh, quite a sexy young lady, uh, I do believe you could bounce a royal quarter on the ass of one Pippa Middleton. <laughs> And I do think that I would love to rub my face against her corgi if you catch my drift. 
Ah, Sir Kevin, that's why the people love you, because you, you, you answer such things in such a classy, classy way that me and Dave yeah. just feel better about ourselves just being in your presence, and, and thank you very much. I would have I just said she's got a big old badonkadonk. <laughs> Pow! This is why people tune into this podcast. We are all football all the time, and we just – we are. Seriousness? Hey, Dave, remember to put the uh, parental advisory, because we didn't curse, but there might be comments about, you know, my kid listened and it got off the rails, and they talked about badonk If you let your child listen to our podcast and he's under, he or she is under the age of 14 or 15, then I would say you're not the best parent. And CPS is on their way to your house. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you can't have a better ending than that. For Kevin Held, for Dave Cariello, go to Campus Connection website, donate to the Walker uh, Fund, do a good job, do a good thing. It's a pizza, people. Do it. I'm Ralph Marlboro. We'll see you Sunday. Hopefully, the Saints will be one and one. Until then, so long. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, 
defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.